God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. That's Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 8. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to another episode of That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Arnett, and I'm here with my co-host from the hills of Greg Holler, Tennessee, Seth, DJ Seth Carter. You got something different every week, don't you? <laughs> I was just shooting from the hip, man. That's all right. Yeah. Hey, uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Go back. If you hadn't had a chance, go back and listen to our first, uh, it's really three episodes, um, and give those a listen. Let us know what you think about them. Send us some questions if maybe you have questions from those. Uh, tonight's episode, episode number three, is probably the most controversial one uh, we've had so far. It's on the King James only debate, something that's very... Uh, familiar with anybody that grew up in a Bible Belt, a Baptist church, or not even just a Baptist church, pretty much any denomination in the Bible Belt. Pretty much anywhere in East Tennessee and pretty much anywhere down south in all the areas. Yeah, so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. But before we get into that, we want to take a second to give a shout out to our sponsors, Narrow Gate Boutique. You can find their website at narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. Go on there and get you some cool uh, index stickers for the books of the Bible. Uh, my wife happens to be the owner. If you want to drop a couple lines and just tell her that the podcast sent you, um, she'll be sure to give you a great deal on some Bible tabs if you came from the podcast. Uh, but also she has t-shirts. She makes stickers, a little bit of everything on there now. And uh, it's a pretty awesome little thing that she has going there. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, and our purpose for our podcast is to encourage fellow believers, but not only that, to in, not only to encourage fellow believers, but to point unbelievers to Christ alone for salvation. So, unpopular opinion: the King James Bible is the only translation of the Bible is an unpopular opinion, the, or the opinion we're going to have is an unpopular opinion. But before we get into that unpopular opinion, Seth, what's one unpopular opinion? Doesn't have to be related to anything biblical, anything but church. Just something you have. It's unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. I'm going to have to say Popeye's chicken sandwich. What about it? The spicy one. Don't say what I think you're about to say. (laughs) The spicy. Don't you say it. Popeye's chicken sandwich. (laughs) It's better than Chick-fil-A. Oh, my goodness. Spicy chicken sandwich. Now, original, Chick-fil-A wins, but the spicy. Listen. Listen. If y'all are listening to this and you are feeling the urge to shut off our podcast now, please don't because this says stupidity over chicken sandwiches. Uh, We all know that Chick-fil-A is the Lord's chicken, and anything other than that is just second rate. So. Uh, just don't pay attention to that. Be sure if you listen to this and you hear Seth's opinion to shoot him a message and let him know how wrong he is. Uh, but I'll go ahead with my unpopular opinion. Um, shout out to my cousin Nick up in Stoner Creek. It's probably his favorite drink. Uh, Dr. Enough. 
and what I'm about to say may actually hurt his feelings. Dr. Enough is disgusting. I'd rather eat toothpaste than drink Dr. Enough. <laughs> oh, love we you, Nick. lost every single listener in East Tennessee. <laughs> Everybody that was listening to this podcast is probably done at this point. But if you'll hang with us, you know we're we're still going to get it. All fifty of them's gone now. <laughs> yeah, all thirteen of you that's listened twice—they're <laughs> all gone now. Because my chicken sandwich yeah. and your hatred for Doctor Enough. Yeah, Doctor Enough is terrible. That's the devil's juice. Okay, so unpopular opinion—we've gave you two of ours. Let's get into another unpopular opinion: the King James version of the Bible is not the only version that is authorized for Christians that speak English to use. Now, if you're listening and you hear that and you think these guys are nut jobs, well, you'd be partially true. We're, we are kind of crazy hillbillies, but uh, hang with us here. So King James only, um, if you attend the church in the South, the Bible Belt, especially in East Tennessee, um, you'll hear that all the modern translations of the Bible are hogwash and corrupt. And corrupt. Uh, they're not reliable and you can't trust them. You liberal, liberal versions. Definitely use the word liberal a lot towards mm-hmm. other translations. Yep, takes things out of that were there and all kinds of stuff. So, um, King James only. What does that mean, Seth? When you hear somebody say, "I'm King James only," what what would your definition be of that? Well, there's different types and different groups of KJV onlyism. Um, I start off by saying this before we get deeper into this. We're not against the KJV Bible. You no. and me aren't. We're no. not against the KJV. I love Bible. it. It's an awesome version. It's a great. Uh, literal translation God has used for hundreds of years. Um, literal, literal, not literal, liberal. Huh? <laughs> I said literal. Did I say literal? <laughs> so he didn't say liberal. In case you were thinking, it's a literal translation. It is a literal word for word translation. Yeah, that God has used in a mighty way sure. over, the, yeah. over the years. I mean, Spurgeon used it, and uh, many other sure. people and great revivals mm-hmm. and stuff have used it over the past few hundred years and we were both saved under um somebody preaching from a king james bible More so than likely uh yeah yeah i would say so but it's a very old english translation uh it's elizabethan english shakespeare english mm-hmm. and um I wouldn't say there's anything really wrong with using a King James Version no, at all. No, I wouldn't say that at all. I think it's a good translation. But I'm just against the KJV onlyism, the mm-hmm. cultish yeah. KJV onlyism. Yeah. Because it's a faulty position. It really is. Yeah. You say, what do you mean it's faulty? Well, you have a double standard when you say you're KJV only. You don't just say it's the Word of God, it's the Word of God. Plus, it's got to be the KJV mm-hmm. translation. Yeah. So, um,. I'll, I'll plug this in here. Um, just some notes that I took on what does it mean for, what is that? What is King James only? It's basically a theory that claims that all other translations other than the King James B, or King James Bible, anything after that, that they were tainted versions of the Bible, that they're liberal, they have liberal agendas, and that they're corrupting God's Word. Yeah, pretty much. That's a That's a good way to put it, but reading dr james white's book shout out james white probably never gonna listen to this probably <laughs> never will listen to this hillbillies here in east tennessee yeah. but dr white's book is brilliant on this it really is uh what's the name of that book the king james only controversy yeah and um 
he lists five groups in here. I'm just going to read a little bit, not read the all they wrote in here. The first group is, I like the KJV best. And it says, this group of individuals would believe that the King James Version is the best English translation today. Mm-hmm. They like the way it's written in the Elizabethan English, mm-hmm. how, it, how it's got the good rhythm through the translation and everything. Yeah. But they wouldn't really uh, seek to discourage others, you know, or seek to force their opinion on anybody else. Mm-hmm. So there, there may be many people that listen into our podcast that that might be the group that you're in. Maybe you say, I only use the King James Version of the Bible. That's, maybe that's you. If you say, I'm the person, I only use the King James. But if somebody else uses a different version, that's fine, whatever. Um, that would be the category that, that you would follow. Yeah, in. and I don't have a problem with them people one bit. No. Don't. If you want to use the KJV, that's fine. Just yeah. don't force it on everybody else. Absolutely, yeah. Um, another group, and this is when it gets a little bit heated, <laughs> is the inspired KJV group. Uh-oh, pistols out on this one. Yeah, the most King James-only uh, advocates would fall into this group, sadly. They believe that the KJV itself, as an English translation, is inspired and therefore inerrant. Many of these folks believe the TR is inspired also in in Aaron as well. Um, this group seems to be very pushy on mm-hmm. this subject. Yeah, um, they believe anything outside of King James in the English translation is pretty much wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my understanding coming across these people. They're very ill and hateful in a lot of areas when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah, and it's something that, and I'm sure we'll get into this with more episodes of our podcast, but there's a lot of um, issues that we'll talk about that Christian brothers and sisters in Christ should be able to sit down and have a conversation about and have different opinions on without ever getting heated. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, sure, and here's the thing I say. I have a lot of friends at Arcade. Me too, yeah. And... If I go to their church and get asked to preach for them, I mm-hmm. will use a King James. Sure. I'm yeah. not going to let that divide uh, divide us up and keep me from preaching the gospel somewhere. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Now, if you ask me my personal opinion outside of the pulpit or, or even in the pulpit, I will say I'm not KJV only. Mm-hmm. But I respect people, and uh, even though I disagree on their position, I will mm-hmm. preach from a KJV version. And I haven't preached at a church in East Tennessee that wasn't KJV only, sadly. Yeah. I don't know I, many that are not. It's uh, you got some Reformed churches, of course, that mm-hmm. ain't. Even some re- uh, Reformed churches are KJV only. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have many. Some Southern Baptist churches around here are KJV only. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most churches are. Yeah. So something that you'll hear is the King James Version is the infallible, inerrant, and inspired Word of God. I'm sure if you've attended a church service anywhere in the Bible Belt, you've probably heard those terms um, mentioned before when talking about what the Word of God is. Inalible, inerrant, and inspired. Um, So this is something that, uh, trigger warning here, um, there are no perfect translations of the Bible. Now, you may be throwing the brakes on now and saying Marcus has lost it. He is out there. He went to the farm and he's still not left yet. That might be what you're thinking when They're you hear me say that. probably a lot of things when you hear that. Yeah. We have to realize we must test our traditions and everything. Mm-hmm. What we've been raised and taught growing up is yeah. always the truth. So, the reason that I say 
um, and this is not just flippantly saying this. I mean, it's just through research and study. Um, but there, the reason why I say that there's no perfect translations is because it's impossible to, for us to perfectly translate um, the original manuscripts because of the different barriers we have with language. Yeah, when you say original manuscripts, I know you mean the original uh, language. The original language. Because we don't have any original manuscripts. We don't have them, right. The original language that uh, it was uh, pinned down in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The original language is hard to translate some words into Mm -hmm. English. Um, It just is. And um, if when you look at the original language... It's just some words you can't, it's hard to come up with a translation yeah. for. And it's worth noting um, that the King James translators, they will tell you themselves in the preface of many of your King James Bibles that um, they didn't get it exactly right. There are still things that they felt like they didn't translate all the way correctly. It may be a good translation of what the original text said, but it, they'll tell you theirself that it wasn't exactly right. Yeah, the the, uh, the King James only uh, people hold a, uh, a position that the King James translators themselves wouldn't even hold mm-hmm. by saying they was either inspired right. or by saying that their work was perfect. Mm-hmm. No, they wrote in marginal notes in their text that they translated saying this could be this and this could be that mm-hmm. and they hold to even the translators would disagree with KJV only advocates yeah. today and they, they were men just like we are sinful men yeah. there was no more special than you and me mm-hmm. and they just translated and did the best they can absolutely and I think it may not have been I know R.C. Sproul said it before it may have been said before him but uh, it's a true straight, a statement on, on many uh, levels that the best of men are men at best. That's very true. We're still fallen. You know, the the translators of the King James Bible were not perfect. No. There's only been one perfect man that's ever walked the face of the earth, and that's Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. Um, so to say that the, the translators were inspired is not true. They were men. Um, you know, hopefully some of them were saved men. Um, but... You know, I don't know the full history of everyone that was a translator, but they will tell you themselves that they didn't get it exactly right, um, and they're they're not at the same level of inspiration as the scriptures that were originally um, pinned down. Yeah. So um, that's what I mean when I say there's no perfect translation because it's it's impossible um, for us to translate with the barriers that we have in language. And when we say inspiration, the writers, even the original apostles and prophets, wasn't inspired. It's the word of God that was inspired. The word, the word of they God. They was carried along by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but not inspired like the word of God, because uh, the word of God is God breathed in Second Timothy three sixteen. I believe that's it. All Scripture is God breathed, and uh, they wasn't inspired, but the word of God is inspired. Yeah. And you have the issue of double inspiration that comes up, and I would argue that God only had to inspire His word once when He mm-hmm. spoke it, and they pinned it down. Yeah, yeah. God, when God does something, He does it perfectly. Yes, when, and God's when, big enough to preserve His word. Absolutely, and so um, God is big enough to preserve His word, and that's an argument that you'll hear is if God's big enough to pre- preserve His word, excuse me, um, then. Why wouldn't he give us one version of the Bible? Well, we are, like I said before, we're men, 
we're not perfect. God is perfect. So uh, an argument that you would hear in the verse that Seth opened up with, Isaiah 40 and verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. So somebody that was a, I don't want to say violent King James only, but that's what I'm going to say, would say, when uh, Isaiah 48 says the word of our God stands forever, they would even argue that that's the King James Bible that it's talking about. Yeah, there. I've I've heard them arguments before, and sadly, it's just so it's it's ignorant, it's yeah. unlearned. I say that I don't mean call them stupid; they're unlearned, right? In their positions, yeah. Um, so something that's interesting, um, and you'll hear, and you probably have heard um, said from pulpits. If you've heard it once, you've heard it a thousand times that. Um, the 1611 King James Bible and many of the people that say that and the message that they're preaching uh, in the church that they're at pretty much nobody is using a 1611 I don't know anybody that uses a 1611 Mm -hmm. it's a 1769 King James version is what they have Right. if you look at a 1611 which I have before it's very hard to read it is and um, talking about uh something that you hear a lot is when this debate is brought up is Revelation 22 and 19 where it talks about adding or taking away from the word of God um, and if we truly believe that to mean that the King James Bible was perfect and anything that's after that is adding or taking away the version of the King James that everybody use, uses doesn't have the apocrypha books that were in the 1611, so oh, that yeah. would be taken away you don't from hear their that brought up at all. No, either. no. But since you're on that subject about adding or taking away, well, people want to say taking away all the time, but what about adding to the text sure. of scripture? And I guess people are wondering, well, where's he going with this? Well, the earliest manuscripts don't have these two. Uh, uh, text of scripture in there and that's John chapter 7 verses 53 through chapter 8 verse 11 and the longer end than Mark in chapter 16 verses 9 through 20 are not in there and by the way that's the only two major uh, textual variants they are in the New Testament that's mm-hmm. it you only yeah. have two Yeah. the others are just spare, uh, spelling errors and scribe errors mm-hmm. nothing bad at all but that's the only two that you have there yeah Something else that's interesting um, that I've heard personally uh, is you'll hear that these modern translations take out the blood. They take out the blood. And we know uh, from the scriptures that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But I've heard um, Colossians 1 and 14 used as an example um, where in the King James you'll hear uh, in whom we have redemption by his blood. Um, And for instance, in the a New American Standard Version, which happens to be my favorite uh, version to use, uh, in First Gloss or not First Gloss, Colossians uh, one and fourteen, it says, "In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." So, at first glance, somebody would read that and say, "Well, there you go; they've taken out the blood." But it's important to note that if somebody was purposely taking out the blood from the scriptures. Why would they not take it out in other epistles? For instance, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, same author of, of the book. Paul wrote the book to the yeah. church in Colossus, the church in uh, Ephesus. So in Ephesians, uh, 
chapter 1, verse 7, it says, and this is a modern translation, the NASB says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So the reason why uh, Colossians 1.14 doesn't have that is it wasn't in the original text in, in uh, Colossians 1.14, and the translators thought it important to add that to that verse of Scripture yeah. when uh, in all reality, reading through the New Testament, you'll find it over and over and over again. There's no uh, purposeful remove removing of the blood of Christ. That's right. And when you make the KJV the standard, that's when you come into these problems. Mm-hmm. Like lots of Christians, especially in certain denominations, make the KJV the standard. Well, you run into a problem when you see these new versions and say, well, this takes this and that out. That's what happens mm-hmm. when you hold that as a standard. But if you was to go back to the older English translations like the Tyndale, the Geneva Bible, Wycliffe's translation, mm-hmm. all that, and the KJV being the newcomer in that time, <laughs> you would find problems with the KJV sure. saying, yeah. well, the KJV does this and does this and does that. And it's funny to think when you go back to every single translation, mm-hmm. like from the Latin Vulgate to all other translations, mm-hmm. there's tons of them in different languages. People always had trouble with a new translation coming on the scene. Yeah, so it's funny, like you said, to note that uh, when the King James was originally translated, th- this same conversation was probably going on at that time it too. Was, it might, was. Here comes another modern version of the Bible. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the pilgrims actually preferred the Geneva Bible, Geneva, to be yeah, honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also important to note that the King James was not even the first, like you said, it's not the first English translation. It was the 10th English translation of the Bible. So um, I've heard it said that, you know, people were saved. Um, I've even heard it said that, you know, you, people are not even saved unless they hear the gospel preached from a King James Bible. I've heard that before. Which is complete insanity. That's when false. Because yeah. nobody would have been saved till 1611. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And anybody after it, uh, newsflash, if you're a Christian, you're listening to this and you heard it out of a, uh, a version newer than the 17 or the 1611, that would mean that you are not saved either, which is totally false. Uh, if you've trusted in Christ alone uh, for your salvation, uh, the ver- version of the Bible that you heard the gospel preached from doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as the gospel's preached, and uh, I just want to go to this right here real quick. Uh, when we say talk about modern versions, mm-hmm. it don't mean there isn't bad translation. Oh, sure. It. Yeah, if you've ever read the Message Bible, you know they left the message behind. That's what they've done. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. The paraphrase. They should call it the massage Bible. <laughs> Make I you feel know. good. I don't know, but when we say, when you tell somebody automatically, Marcus, in the Bible Belt, this is what you hear when mm-hmm. you say this. Well, I'm not KJV only. Mm-hmm. Well, you love the NIV, then, don't you? Yeah. They automatically think it's the NIV yeah. of what yeah. we use. I've had that conversation before. Well, yeah, the 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 NIV is a bad version of the Bible. Is the first thing that somebody will say, and I'll say, well. It's definitely not my favorite version. No, I don't like the pronoun usage yet, yeah. but it's not the gospel still in the The gospel still the gospel. Christ crucified right. and his resurrection mm-hmm. still in there, so it's not Satan's Bible. <laughs> 
<laughs> you sure people, about that now? As some people would dress it as. <laughs> yeah, I'm only kidding with that. So um, we hear this term also uh, quite a bit, authorized version. People will say that the King James is God's authorized version of the Bible. Uh, and that is not true. That's not what that means. Authorized version does not mean that it was authorized by God. It means that it was authorized by King James as a translation of the Bible, by King James himself, not by God. Absolutely. I agree 100% on that, Marcus. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad you do. Yeah, so something that we hear, um, I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard it um, several times, even here as of late, um, if... People will say, if your pastor is not preaching out of a King James Bible, he is a false prophet. You ever heard that before, Seth? I've heard all kinds of things said in churches, and it yeah. don't surprise me. Yeah. I haven't heard that in person, but I'm pretty sure I might heard it on a clip somewhere sure. before. Sure, sure. And um, it, I want to make this point, too. I'm laughing about it because, um, to me, it is funny to say that because there's Christians. God has his people all over the globe every nation kindred tribe and tongue yeah and some of them have never read one verse out of the king james bible <laughs> no they haven't <laughs> i actually have there's so many gosh there's so many things i've heard about the kjv it blows my mind mm-hmm. uh i believe it's sam gipp on the john anchorberg show talking to james white in 1995 i want to think it mm-hmm. was an older tv show yeah i think i've seen uh, that i believe somebody asked sam gipp who is a kjv only mm-hmm. said the russian i believe he's talking about the russian people mm-hmm. would they have to learn english to have the inspired in their word of god he said yeah he said yeah because yeah. they would have to learn english mm-hmm. god has only promised us one <laughs> english translation yeah. that's perfect and i don't even know where they get that from no i don't either um it's it's we, completely made up and it's false mm-hmm. to say it's, that. It's taken, again, we've talked about this in several episodes, but cherry-picking verses from Scripture and making it fit and mean what you want it to mean. Now, we said it in the beginning of this episode, and I'll say it again. It's worth saying uh, to my brothers and sisters in Christ that use a King James Bible, and maybe that's the only version of the Bible you use. God bless you. Keep on using it. Yeah, if that's there's what, nothing wrong with it. I still, when I quote scripture, when it comes out of my mouth, when I'm not even looking at it, it comes out as King James. Yeah, some of my memory verses still yeah, come out as KJV. For sure. Uh, um, so that, but we're, we're not, it's it's important. Now, we've, we've cut up a little bit about this, but I'm not making fun of you. If you're a pastor and you say that you're King James only, I know Seth's not making fun of you. We love you, uh, and we just want to show you the truth um, of what if if you're truly somebody that says that all modern versions of the Bible are not correct, that they're um, corrupt and all these things we're trying to show you um, through just I mean research that we've done that that's not true. You yeah, know, we're not right. here to make fun of you. Uh, we just want to present you with what the truth actually is throughout history, throughout church history uh, to see that um, the King James is not the only Bible that you can use. And maybe you're a church member, and in your personal time, you read out of an ESV or, God help us, an NIV. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you hear um, at your church that the King James and these uh, the King James is perfect and these other translations are garbage and maybe you feel guilty about using other versions of the Bible and so we're here to tell you tonight don't feel guilty about using other versions of the Bible because God never once in his holy word says anything about a King James Bible no he don't <laughs> no he don't and there's some good we have really so many English translations yeah. today, and really we have too much, mm-hmm. too many. We have too many English translations, mm-hmm. and I think it's sad because most of the time it's just for money, honestly. Sure, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But some good modern translations, and I may get labeled as a heretic for saying <laughs> this, I think the NASB is probably the best literal word-for-word translation. In my opinion, it is, too. I like it a lot. I think the ESV is a good literal Mm -hmm. translation. It's easier to read. Yeah. I like the New King James. Mm -hmm. I think if you like the King James, you should try the New King James. (laughs) Uh, Careful now. It's it's translated. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But anyway, uh, it's a good translation. Mm -hmm. Now, for what I use in my study... I use a NASB when I'm doing my deep study, and mm-hmm. I use an ESV in my yeah. daily reading. Yeah. If when I really want to get into the original language, I use an interlinear Bible, yep. and it goes English word for word from the Hebrew and the Greek. Yeah. So um, for any of you guys that use a lot of apps and stuff, Seth actually gave this, back, this uh, app to me, golly, probably two years ago when I started to realize that the King James Version wasn't the only version of the Bible. But there's an app called Scripture Direct that you can go to, download that, and it actually has, if you click on, it's just the New Testament, but you can click on a word, and it'll show you um, in the original language what that what that word means and give you a definition even of it. And also to give you the translator's notes sure. for that. Um, so that's a helpful tool to have. Another good app is the Blue Letter Bible app. Blue Letter Bible. Bible Hub is where I yep. use my Aaron Lanyard Bible. Yep. Uh, there's just so much help out there for the English language. Yep. And even really for the simple-minded man like you and me sure. go into the Greek and Hebrew and see what the original words were. Uh, was you mm-hmm. know and uh it's just so much help out there in this day and time of technology right yeah and you don't have to be a, a scholar somebody that learns greek or learns hebrew uh, i'm just saying if if you're having trouble with the passage of scripture uh, and you're reading your king james and you're having trouble with it maybe uh, look on one of those apps look in one of these other bible translations uh, find something uh, like the Scripture Direct app or Blue Letter Bible app that'll give you um, maybe even the inner interlinear or the definition of from the uh, original language, and it that's helped me out on a lot of different passages of Scripture. It does help you out, and I, I ain't trying to get into eschatology or anything, but it helped me out a lot in eschatology mm-hmm. by Matthew twenty four when it talks about the end of the world <laughs> here he goes their <laughs> subject but it's talking about the end of the age yeah you see that right there it mm-hmm. makes you think twice about a lot of things there. yeah yeah and uh, i think it's great for all christians to go to the original language yeah and we want to encourage you to not let man um mold you and shape you to what you think is correct as a christian brother and sister in Christ. Don't let what somebody says and has said. Go to God's Word. Um, read it. Pray for God's help and pray for wisdom. 
the scripture tells us if any of us lack that to ask for it sure um, and God will show us through his word what the truth is and um, God has blessed men much smarter than me um, to to uh, give breakdowns on on uh, explanations of scripture we're not against uh, commentaries and those things I mean those are extra obviously um, but go go and, and do your research and look through those things and it'll really truly help you get a better understanding uh, on on problem passages of scripture that you're uh, that you're looking into yeah another thing is for anybody that's listening it's KJV only I was KJV only for about three or four months in my into my conversion mm-hmm. being saved I was about three Three or four months of KJV on list. Yeah, and and didn't me didn't use anything. Didn't believe in using anything. Yeah, else. and me personally, I mean, for years, I mean, much longer than Seth was. Uh, I, I believe that you know, I found a. This is embarrassing, but I found a Facebook post on a WJHL, which is our local news station thing, that somebody had posted. Uh, the news channel I posted, and I post something that said uh, it's not K- it's not KJV was <laughs> my comment on there. Oh, wow. I went back and deleted it because I'm like that's embarrassing to read well, now. That's a good thing you did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was KJV only yeah. for about three or four months, and I had good pastor friends step yeah. in and say, "Hey, uh, you could use the King James sure. if you want to," but he said. Um, there's other translations mm-hmm. if you're having trouble studying stuff that help because it is an old English translation sure. yeah. and we don't use them words in today's English like the King James right. does right and he really came alongside me and helped me out on that yeah he helped me out with a lot of other things but just him showing me that the KJV wasn't the only translation he mm-hmm. used helped me grow I actually enjoy reading my Bible more now right. Because I don't have to worry about th on every, every single word. <laughs> yeah, so we're not telling you this to uh, to to you know pick a fight with you or anything like that. We're telling you this because we love you in Christ and we want you to grow in grace and knowledge as the Scripture uh, encourages us to do. To look past um, your traditions, and we're going to challenge you on your traditions through this Absolutely. podcast on things that you have always heard that are just flat out wrong. Um, yeah. And you know, we're not trying to be mean spirited about it or anything like that. But and there's we, nothing wrong with traditions as long as they line up with the Word of God. Sure, sure. Which you know, the sad thing is, many, many don't. Many. Oh yes, yeah. even myself. Oh, I've got them too. I'm plagued with traditions. Uh, me too. Me and too. Uh, anybody, I believe it's Dr. James White said, somebody who says they don't have any traditions is plagued with the most. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's word by word for what he said, yeah. but it's true. Statement. I agree with that statement, though. Okay. Well, um, that's pretty much bringing it to a close. Seth, you got any other comments you want to make on that? Um, I would say to everybody that's out here listening to this, when you first hear about the KJV only not, I mean the King James not being the only Bible, mm-hmm. you get really hostile and defensive on yeah. that. You do. Yeah. And I want to say that's okay, because I've been there. Me too. I was very hostile and defensive my pastor friend said that, hey, this is not the only version mm-hmm. of the Bible you could use. Yeah. I said, well, is he trying to lead me away from God or something? Mm-hmm. In my mind, I mean, you just think you've had all this tradition hammered in it's your head. the only head. thing you've ever heard. It's the only thing mm-hmm. you ever know. And I want to say it's okay that you're hostile, mm-hmm. but trust me, God is big enough to inspire. Uh, well, first off, His word didn't have to be re-inspired. Right. It was inspired the first time. God breathed. And God preserved mm-hmm. His word over time. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe you're a Christian that's um, 
maybe you're uh, on the search for a new church or something and, and you may visit a church i've had this happen to me personally go into a church with uh to visit and i have a king james bible and the pastor opens up and starts preaching and it's out of a different version let's say the esv yeah and you kind of feel like oh man you know this is a liberal church because they're not a king james version um we want to encourage you and hopefully we gave given you enough uh, information to say let me just sit and listen to what this man has to say. Yeah. Is he from the, preaching the exposition? Is he preaching right. the Word of God? Is he preaching the Word of God, not the Bible version? Um, and something that's worth saying, too, is if a preacher or a pastor has to make so much emphasis on the version of the Bible um, that they're preaching from, I would be leery of that anyways if, if all they talk about is the King James Version. It's just a you version. You can make an idol. You can make an careful. idol. Yeah, for sure. So we want to encourage you for new believers that listen, um, and you, maybe you uh, have that question. Maybe you've had that question. Maybe you've got a couple different versions of the Bible uh, that you had in your house before you, you became a Christian. Um, open them up and read them. Oh, Use yeah. them. You know? Do that. It's, uh, uh, we're not discouraging that. No, we're not. And I've got some books here listed that would help you. The King James Controversy by the K, uh, the King James Only Controversy by Dr. James White is a wonderful book. Shout out, walk, James White. Who will probably never listen to <laughs> never. us. It's all right. Um, but he's been a wonderful teacher, and he's, God's used him to help me out in so many areas. His book's wonderful on this, and he's not against the KJV. He was raised on the KJV. Sure. He just uh, deals with the KJV onlyism in mm-hmm. that book. And some books on the canon that are really, really good that bless your heart is the question of the canon, Dr. Michael Kruger, and the canon revisited by the same uh, author, Dr. Michael Kruger. Wonderful books on the canon of Scripture. It will bless your heart and help you grow and realize that we do have the Bible today. Mm-hmm. We have what John wrote. We have what Paul wrote. God has preserved his word. We still have what God has spoken years ago to men. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with that wholeheartedly. Um, before and Jesus we... himself even held to this. And I've got one more scripture I hush. Yeah, hit it. People want to talk about, well, it was pinned down, this and that. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus himself come to the Pharisees and said this right here. But regarding, or to the Sadducees, mm-hmm. excuse me, but regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? That's some. That's a powerful statement right mm-hmm. there from our Lord. And spoken Savior. by God, not spoken, by the tran- not by a translator, not by the writers who wrote it down, right. but spoken to by God. Yeah, yeah, that ought to clear it up right there. That ought to clear it up yeah. right there. Before we close this out, I want to give a quick gospel presentation to anybody that's listening. It may be. Uh, you're listening you say man i've heard this my whole life um i'm not even a christian i've i'm so sick of hearing the same things over and over and over again well i want to tell you that god um is perfect his word is perfect uh the traditions of men are not perfect that's right and i want to tell you that as a uh anyone that's born born of a woman that we are dead in our sins if you're listening wondering if you're a sinner you are a sinner yeah absolutely every everyone is born you're a sinner not by the things that you do not by um saying bad words by having a bad attitude by drinking alcohol by smoking cigarettes by dipping tobacco those things are they're not 
what make you a sinner. You're a sinner because that's who you are. Yes, you was born into sin. You were born into sin. Um, so I want to point you uh, to the Word of God that none of us are perfect. Uh, Romans 3 tells us that um, there is none righteous, not even one. Not even one of us are righteous. Not even We don't even have a little bit of uh, even a hint of righteousness. So we're all, as Ephesians 2 tells us, dead in our trespasses and sins. So you may say, where does that leave me? Well, um, do you think you're a good person? Well, most people would say, yeah, you know, I'm pretty good. I've never told a lie. I've never stolen anything, all these things, which are lies in themselves. If they've never sinned, they sin just then. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, But you've broken every one of God's laws. Um, You're a transgressor against God, and God cannot put up with sin. Uh, God is perfect, and he is holy, and he is just. And because he is just, he must punish sin. So where does that leave you as somebody who has transgressed against God's law? It leaves you guilty. Guilty before a holy God. And you may say, well, how can I get in right standing with God? Well, I'm going to try to turn over a new leaf, do things better, whatever you want to put there. Uh, Try to do uh, things for charity, try to join a church, all these different things. And none of those things will make you right with God. Uh, But God sent his son, and his name is Jesus Christ. And while we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even, I love this, Ephesians 2 and verse 5, even when we were dead in our transgressions, that's you, lost friend, dead in your transgressions. He has made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. For by grace you have been saved, in verse 8, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. So, Jesus Christ came to earth, uh, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life to fulfill the law of God, and went to Calvary to stand in the place that you and I deserve to stand in, and took the whole wrath of God upon himself as our perfect, sinless Savior. But he didn't stop there. When he died, he said, it is finished. They, they put him in a tomb. They buried him. And if he would have just stayed there... It, it, we would all be without hope but on the third day as it was appointed he rose from the dead for our justification for our uh, for our, our, our sanctification for our life as a Christian uh, Christ died was buried and he rose on the third day according to the scriptures so if you've heard that gospel message for the first time tonight don't trust in anything that you've done look to Jesus and as Jesus said in, in Mark Um, as he came the first words that jesus preached in the book of mark was repent and believe the gospel repent meaning turn away from your sin and look to christ alone for salvation trust in his work trust in what he's done nothing that you have done nothing that you will do Uh, trust in the finished work of jesus christ and if you've trusted and believed that um you're you are born again according to the scriptures yes so um And it's important, too, to make this statement that uh, the gospel message is not only for lost 
uh, people that are non-Christians, the gospel message is an encouragement to believers that we can rest in the finished work of Christ. Yes. Uh, when he died on Calvary, he said it is finished. Um, there's no, uh, we work, we uh, glorify God with our works because we're saved, but not to be saved. Absolutely. We do those things because we are saved. So uh, if you're a Christian and you're feeling weary and I'm sure as many people are after the crazy year we had last year, your burnout, uh, you feel like you're at the end of your rope, uh, look to Jesus and rest in him, knowing that he's done the work to make you able to stand before a holy God and rest in Christ. That's all I've got. Seth, you got anything else? Uh, that's it, brother. All right. Thank you all. God bless.